Hold your Bible up and say, this is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I have what it says I have. I can do what it says I can do. See, I have an open mind and a teachable spirit. From this moment forward, I will never be the same. Shout it out, never, never, never. In Jesus' name. Amen. Give somebody a high five. Smack. Guess you ain't somebody. Praise God. Aren't you glad the power of God's working in your life? Amen. Changing us from the inside out. Lifting us up. You, you know, um, this morning, I, I've got to condense this a little bit because of time. And, and uh, I just got to tell you, to be a wholehearted seeker of God, the first thing you've got to recognize is that your heart is not yet whole. It's hard to seek God with a whole heart, with a heart that's not whole. So, and the reason you've got to see it is because, well, Jesus wouldn't have the anointing upon his life to mend the brokenhearted if there weren't hearts that had been broken. And to, it, to, the fact of the matter is, is that you, you're not going to go through this life without being uh, impacted in some way, shape, or form. And it's going to mess with your heart. Okay, I, I know it's kind of difficult, especially for some of the men, uh, to consider themselves as someone that has a broken heart because when we hear the word broken heart, we picture somebody sitting in a corner crying. But that's not what it is. You, you know, the word heart is thoughts and emotions. All through the Bible, from Genesis to Revelation, the word heart is thoughts and emotions. So anytime your thoughts don't line up with the word of God, then you're heartbroken. You're thinking wrong. You're off track. The problem is that if we don't think the way God thinks, then we don't get the result that God expects us to get. It is imperative. It, remember Isaiah? He said, my ways aren't your ways. Neither are my thoughts your thoughts. For my ways are higher than your ways. Say that, or my thoughts are higher than your thoughts. We got to elevate the, the level that we think at. We, we got to have God thoughts come into our life. See, Matthew 10, 39 in the Amplified, it, it talks about letting go of the low life and connecting to the high life. Because if you hang on to it, the low life, you'll miss out on it the highlight. There's a higher life that God wants his people to possess. I said there's a higher life that God wants us to possess. I don't think any of us have obtained it. I think that we still got some room for growth. Somebody say amen. We have the ability to, to get stronger. We have the ability to, to press in and, and go a little higher. It, Mike Murdoch uh, teaches wisdom principles, and he made a statement, and, and I can't remember exactly how he said it, but basically it boils down to this, that until something angers you, you probably won't do anything to change it. It takes something to, to shake you up before you'll you know, get out of bed and go, go to work and make a, make a difference. And uh, when you find the thing that really upsets you, then you'll, you'll probably get a little insight into the purpose for which you were created. And, you know, with that thought in mind, you know, one of the things here at the garden that just frustrates us to no end is when believers do not walk in victory. I got to tell you something, nothing irritates me more than a depressed Christian. You got your Jesus t-shirt and your bumper sticker on the car and you get out of the car and you're mean, nasty and upset. Yeah, just exactly like, you know, the greatest picture that we could possibly portray to, to a world that's lost, dying, and suffering is we get out of the car and, th and, and, and want to make a statement. Well, you think you got it bad? You should see my life. 
that guy needeth to be slappethed. Okay? The, the deal is, is that God's called us to a higher life. See, the frustrating part for me is that there's victory. And you can't you get it. You can't, you, you know, you just can't seem to grasp it. You can't seem to, 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 to connect to it. And I'm here today to do everything within my power to help you rise up to a different level of life. Let's go to the next level. Let's get to the place where our life demonstrates Satan's defeat on a daily basis. Let's live a life that absolutely humiliates hell. Man, I like when hell wakes up in the morning, they're worried about me. I don't want to go to bed at night or wake up in the morning worried about what they're going to do. Amen. I, I, I know that greater is he who is in me than he who is in the world. Yeah, I know that one of the promises of God that nobody likes to talk about is in this world, there shall be tribulation. <laughs> what a great promise. But it didn't stop there. He said, but be of good cheer. For I've overcome it. See, a lot of times believers are trying to stay out of trouble. Well, the fact of the matter is you've got to get in some. Why? So that you can demonstrate victory there. Hey, man, there's some stuff that's going to come at, at you in life. But just getting born again, that's great. You know, obviously, that's vital. The best thing that's ever happened is that we were born again. But there's got to be more than that. See, the message to the lost is simple. You must be born again. John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever should call upon him, they should have everlasting life. Whoever believes in him, whoever calls, going to have everlasting life. Look at verse 17. God didn't send his son into the world to condemn it, but through him that it might be saved. Yeah, right? He's trying to reach the world. Look at verse 18. He who believes in him is not condemned. But he who does not believe in him is condemned already. You know, you don't have to do anything to get separated from God. He's separated already. We've got to make sure that, you know, that, uh, that I'm not, you know, doing anything wrong. No, the Bible says if you believe in him, call on him, you shall be saved. I, I, I don't want to get into a great big deep old, you know, uh, doctrinal ditch with you. But I, I realize you see, I grew up in church, and I realized that a lot of what I was taught and what I heard wasn't necessarily Bible. Some of it was denominational. And that don't mean it was of the devil. That just means it was denominational. There's certain belief systems and certain characteristics that they want to possess, well, it ain't no different than joining a bowling league. Well, I'm not really <laughs> equating certain denominations with bowling leagues, but yeah, you understand Okay. Here's the point. You, you, you join the boiling league. Did I say boiling? Okay. I mean bowling. Okay. Uh, <laughs> you join the league. You got shoes. You got to wear, right? They don't even let you out there without the right shoes. So you got shoes. You got a shirt. They got the bowler shirt. You got your towel, and it's monogram initial there. You know, you, you got your double ball bag. Come on now. Mm-hmm. You got the double, maybe even the triple ball bag if you're that good. And, 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 and you got the thing that goes on your hand, that holds your hand just like that. You know what that's for? That's to hold Pepsis. They just slide right in there. They lock in. Okay, so you got the double, triple ball bag. You got the monogram towel. You got the shirt. You got the shoes. And you got the Pepsi holder. You still throw in gutters. Just because you got that stuff don't mean you're any good at it. It just means 
you got your stuff. See, what we do is we come to Christ, we pray that prayer, and we got, you know, we walk right, we get the right shirt, we get the right clothes, we learn some Christianese, you know, par, you know vocabulary, but we still, our life's still in the gutter. We ain't no good at this. Well, why? Well, because I got saved. Now I'm hanging on till Jesus comes. Even so, come Lord quickly. Right? You ever, ever felt that way? Yeah, at the line at Costco. Hurry up, Jesus. Take me home. You know, here, just ready to go. Well, there ought to be a little bit higher level of victory than that. Yeah, I've called on the name of the Lord. I believe in my heart. Romans 10, 9, and 10. Check it out. We, we, we know these scriptures pretty much by heart. There is no distinction between Jew and Greek for the same Lord over all is rich to all who call upon him. For with the heart man believes unto righteousness. With the mouth salvation is unto the Lord. Look at verse 11. Uh, the scripture says, whoever believes in him will not be put to shame. Whoever, whoever. Look at your neighbor and say, whoever. For there is no distinction between Jew and Greek. The same Lord over all is rich to all who call upon him. Look at verse 13. It's great. It says, for whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Okay? Whoever calls. So if you've called on the name of the Lord and you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth, you're in the family. You're my brother. You're my sister. We are in Christ now. Right? We are born again. But understand, that's the only biblical message to the lost. That's the only message out of the Bible to the lost. You must be born again. Well, then what's the rest of that book about? It's to the church. Okay? If all we're going to do is reach the law, if all I preach week after week after week is you must be born again, well, great, but what do we do after that? Well, now we got to grow, right? I'm in Christ, and I need something to happen so I can prove it. I need some proof. I, I, I need to have the ability to go through life different than the guy down the street. Hey, if some dude can smoke reefer and commit adultery and, and do all that kind of junk and have the same results as I do being connected to God, something wrong with this picture. See, here, here in, now we're getting into what really irritates me. Is that people that are so far from God, yet they got more peace than people who know the Prince of Peace. You know, hey, no, no, no. We, we, we're going to go somewhere, guys. We're going to get a heart that's been made whole so that we can rise up to a new level of life. Amen? You might not have ever heard this scripture before. Jeremiah twenty nine eleven. I know the thoughts that I have for you saith the Lord. I know the thoughts and the plans I have for you, saith the Lord. Plans to prosper you, not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. God's plan is to prosper you. The word prosper means to cause to rise to a certain level. God wants to bring, he needs you to rise to a certain level in order to do what he's called and uh, created you to do. You, if, you, you're going to need God's provision to do what God's called you to do, okay? Not, not just finances. It's, it's kind of funny when we hear the word prosperity, we immediately think money. No, God wants your marriage to prosper. He wants your relationships to prosper. He, he, he wants your health to prosper, right? He wants your soul to prosper. His plan is to prosper you, to increase you, to not leave you in the condition he found you, but to cause you to rise up to the high life that he's created for you. His plan is to prosper you, not harm you, to give you a hope and a future, the hope of a future. God's plan is for your future. So your decisions have got to, you got to start realizing that your decisions can't be to protect your feelings, 
Your choices can't be about protecting your feelings. They've got to be about protecting your future. A lot of times, see, in, in a carnal mentality, you'll, your, your choice will always be to protect your feelings. What's best for you? What's going to make you feel best? But in a spiritual mindset, your choice will always be determined by what is best for your future. Why? Because I'm getting in agreement with God about my future. The only thing that can separate me from the future that God has for me are the choices that I make that would lead me away from it instead of into it. Amen? See, I am in, look at somebody and tell them I am in Christ. Look, look at this. We can, again, another familiar scripture, 1 Corinthians 5, 17. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's new. He's new. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things are new. Behold, the fresh and new has come. Look at that. If any man's engrafted in Christ, he's a new creature, new creature altogether. The previous moral, spiritual condition has passed away. Behold, the fresh and new has come. Well, how many of you are in Christ? Amen. So let me ask you a question. What's new with you? you, you look down the aisle and say, hey, what's new with you? If they say nothing... Tell them get born again. <laughs> Behold, the fresh and new has come. Behold, the fresh and new has come. All things are new. So, okay, now, now, now let's investigate just a minute. When you got born again, did you have a new bank account? Did you have a new hairstyle? Did you have a new attitude? Some of you are going, yes, I did. No, you didn't. See, we like to think that it was, but it wasn't because by the time you got home, you're upset. No, the new, the new things, it, what's, what's new is in the spirit. It's not out here, right? I, I mean, you know, your man, your spirit man has come alive. He's born again. But now to, to make some changes out here, I got to get to work on what's going on in here. Here's, here's our issue is that our end result, we, we keep expecting God to change it. And, well, he's in charge. I've come to Jesus. He's Lord of my life. So now God is ruling my life. Really? That'll only take us a minute to find out. <laughs> we'll find out who's ruling. It don't take long. It don't, it, we probably don't want to go there. We don't have time to go there. It would be too embarrassing for you if we went there. <laughs> well, God's in control. You know, all that tells me is that you not only have you not read the book, you didn't even read the first chapter. Genesis 1. God puts man in dominion, gives him authority. Something's going to happen. Well, you're going to have to make it happen. There's, there's no reason why... You shouldn't be prospering unless you're outside the will of God. It, it, God's plan, if it's God's plan, can we agree that it is God's will? I said, if it's God's plan, can we agree it's God's will? Okay, so if it's God's will and plan for you to prosper and you're not prospering, then you must be outside of God's will. Now, I know that bites, especially if you're not prospering. But the reality is, is that all I got to do then is get in God's will. I don't even have to seek prosperity. I have to seek God's will. 
and when I'm walking in his will, I will prosper. Why? Because that's God's plan to prosper me. Okay? But I'm going to have to have something new on the inside that'll change some of the old stuff so that I can get a different result. Because God has given me the power and the authority to, to make things happen. Not watch things happen, make things happen. We're not part of the animal kingdom where they just live by natural instinct and that's the way it is. It is what it is. The next time somebody looks at you and says, it is what it is, smack them. And say, why do you do that? Say, it is what it is. (laughs) God didn't put you there to to describe things. He put you there to change things. Hello? Hello? I got the power of God working in me. Well, do something with it, right? Romans 12. Let's just jump in here real quick. Romans 12. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, for this is your reasonable service. The word reasonable, Jim went and studied it out last night and come back and told me this morning. He said, you know the word reasonable? It it actually comes from the same word we get the uh, word logic. It has logos in there. In other words, it means according to the word This is the least that you can do. I beseech ye, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, present your body a living sacrifice. You know the problem with a living sacrifice? You keep crawling back off the altar. You sing, I surrender all, and you bring it to Jesus. You come to the altar. You leave it there. You go out in the lobby. You visit till everybody leaves. You come back in. You pick it back up and go home. Hello? Uh, uh, You know, I'm giving God my heart, my dreams, my, my rights. Let's see how long that lasts. See, here, here's the deal. One of the things we've got to do, you want your heart to be made whole, you've got to get your mind renewed to the reality that when you give up your rights, when you come to Christ, you're in Christ, we ain't talking about your rights anymore. We're talking about his will, his plan, his purpose, his design. Now, his plan is going to bless you way beyond anything you could ever do. But you ain't got no rights. Thank you for that crazy response. That was, wow, made me feel warm all over. <laughs> I beseech you by the mercies of God, present your body a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is the least you can do. According to the word, this is the least you can do. The, 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 look at this. Well-pleasing to God, which is your reasonable, rational, intelligent service. I like the amplified here, intelligent. In other words, if you don't live your life as a sacrifice of God, you ain't very bright. I'm not trying to hurt you. I'm trying to help you. Well, I worship God this way. Really? Take a string, run it right through that wall, and take it across there just in your mind, and out the other wall, and it just goes on for eternity, that string, the string of eternity. And here's your life is one knot on that string. Now, you're not disconnected from eternity. You are connected to eternity, but you really mean to tell me that you, a little knot on that string, you're going to tell God how you are going to relate to him. No. He's going to tell you how he's going to relate to you. Well, I believe this. That's scary. You know, when you're getting together in your Bible study, be careful that you don't sit down and ask each other, well, what does that mean to you? Who cares? I don't care what that means to you. What I need to know is what did he mean when he said that? Because if I know what he meant when he said that, then I don't know how to apply what he said. But if I listen to what you think it meant, 
then I put it in my life the way you think it meant, not what he meant when he said it, then I end up with a result other than the one he said I could get if I did what he meant. You might have to buy the tape, but all of this makes sense. It actually does. See, I've, I've applied things in my life that they told me what they, you know, their thoughts on the issue. It don't work. See, here's the process of, uh, well, first, let, let me go to verse 2. Man, I get excited because I'm taking you somewhere. Don't be conformed to this world. Don't be fashioned after or adapted to its external superficial custom. Be transformed. Be changed by the entire renewal of your mind. New ideals, new attitude, so that you may prove for yourself what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God, even the thing which is good and acceptable and perfect in his sight for you. Check it out now. See this. Don't let the world shape you, but you be renewed by the word of God in your mind so that you'll have the ability to prove the will of God. If you don't renew your mind, you can't have the will of God. Oh, no, hear me. You have got to hear me. If you don't renew your mind, you will not possess the will of God. Ain't going to happen. You might stumble into it for a few minutes, but you'll wander right back out of it. Oh, come on now. Some of you guys just went, oh, is that what happened? Because you know that there have been moments where you've walked in divine peace, but then you walk right back out of it again. Why? Because you, you, you didn't have a renewed mind. You were betrayed, deceived by reasoning that was contrary to the truth. Remember James 1, Be a doer of the word, not a hearer only, not a listener only, who, because those who don't do the word but hear it only are deceived by reasoning contrary to the truth. Look, they betray themselves into deception by reasoning contrary to the truth. By re- it makes sense. It makes sense to you. Why does that make sense? Well, because your mind hasn't been renewed. You have a secular system of logic that has been uh, uh, shaping the way you think all your life. Out here, listen to me. You got the newspapers. You got the news shows. You go to school. You go to college. You even go to Bible school. They're going to tell you all kinds of stuff, but it doesn't necessarily line up with the Word of God. It's just just the way it is. It is what it is. This is the way it is out here. Well, wait a minute. God's Word. God's word, if it says it different, then you better line up with God's word. Hello? If you don't renew your mind to God's word, you cannot have his will in your life. Why? Well, because his ways aren't your ways. Proverbs 14, 12. There's a way that seems right to you, but at the end it's death. Death is separation. You'll be separated from the end result that God declared for you at the beginning. Remember his, Remember the Bible? It says he declares the end at the beginning. Just a couple of notes here to just get, get, get inside your spirit and never let go of. Number one, if you'd talk to God at the beginning, you'd know what the end was. If you knew what the end was, you wouldn't be tempted to quit in the middle. But if you didn't talk to God at the beginning of a thing about what the end was, then in the middle you might think we're done and you might quit before you reach the end. Why? Because you're going to do things that seem right to you. You're going to go away that seems right to you, but the end is messed up. Well, why, why did that happen? Because you were deceived by reasoning contrary to the truth because you didn't know the truth about the end at the beginning. So if you don't know the truth about the end at the beginning, then it's very easy in the middle to get you off track. Okay, end result. It's all about end result. End result. Everybody say end result. Let's go to that slide. And, and let me just show you the process of everything. Okay, everything starts with words. Everything. Words produce your thoughts. Your thoughts 
Make your emotions. Develop your emotions. Emotions, make your choices. Choices determine your actions. Actions determine your habits. Habits develop your character. Character, what does it produce? End result. You can't have wonderful character and really messed up end result. Take, take Joseph. Here's a guy who gets a word from God, meditates that word, gets it in his heart, lets, lets that thing grow. He shares it with his brothers. Oops, they throw him in a pit, sell him into slavery. But that has developed so strongly in his life, he's got great character, he pops back to the top. Why? Well, because you can't have great character and a messed up end result. So what happens next? Well, Potiphar's wife accuses him. He's thrown into prison. But by this time, he's only stronger in this thing. So, boom, he comes back to the top again. You can't have great character and have sustained crappy outcome. But neither can you have great end result, consistent greatness in the end result with a messed up character. End result is always directly connected to character. You want to, you, you do, once you know the end, listen, once you know the end, then you know the characteristics that are required by that end. If you know the characteristics that are required by the end, then you know the habits that are going to have to be developed to, de to have those kind of characteristics. If you know the habits that have to be developed, then you know the choices that you need to make, the actions that you need to perform. Because all a habit is is something you do without thought. So now before you do it without thought, now you've got to mentally uh, uh, connect yourself to it and do it consistently. So it's consistent actions. If you know the consistent actions that must be performed, then you know the choices that you've got to make. If you know the choices that you've got to make, then you know how to align yourself emotionally so that you'll protect the end result and not protect your feelings. Hello? If that's true, then you know the thoughts that are going to have to be used and, 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 and built on to make those choices so you know the word that you need to have in your life. Let's break it down. Okay, you, you're going to become uh, physically fit. You're going to get stronger. You're going to build muscle. Okay, that's end result. I'm going to be uh, strong. I'm going to bench press 315 pounds, okay? There's the end result. Then what are the characteristics that that end result demands? That you lift weight. Number one, you're going to have to go to the gym. It, it, to be good at something, you don't go once you know, a week. You realize that people who are really great at anything, they're not really great because they invested two hours a week. It's not something they did once a week. It's something they do every single day. See, herein lies the problem for a lot of believers because our spiritual investment happens for two hours a week. Did it hurt? not trying to hurt you. Well, maybe a little. <laughs> Just kidding. No, I'm not. Um, okay, so what are the characteristics? Well, you're going to have to eat right. You're going to have to get rest. You're going to have to have a plan that, that gets you in the gym several times a week. You're going to have to lift more weight than you think you can. You're going to have to press through. The, well, those, okay, so what are the habits I'm going to have to have? You get, well, you're going to have to have a habit of getting into that gym, right? See, you're, you're, the characteristics is going to be integrity. It's going to be stick to is going to, you know, okay, we got that. So now my, now my habits, I, I got to habitually eat right. I can't, I can't break down on Sunday afternoon and have for Krispy Kreme if I'm trying to build muscle. Sorry. See, you should have went, oh, that's what happened. 
Okay? So, so those are the habits. So now I know the actions I'm going to have to perform consistently. I'm going to have to consistently get myself out of bed. I'm going to have to consistently drive towards the gym. I'm going to have to consistently actually get out of the car in the parking lot at the gym. I'm going to have to consistently walk all the way through the door at the gym. I'm going to have to consistently climb the stairs and head to the weight room at the gym. Hello? Consistently. So I'm going to have to make choices. I'm going to have to choose to live that lifestyle, not another one. I got to choose to put more weight on the bar than I did last week. I'm going to have to choose. Hello, somebody. <laughs> yeah, I might choose to get, uh, you know, some help. I might choose. Well, you know, but there's choices I got to make. Well, since those are the choices, then I know my emotions got to be right. Because if I'm not careful, every choice you make is stemmed from an emotion. If you're not careful, your, your emotion will tell you, oh man, you're tired. That hurt last week. You know you were sore for three days. Don't do it again. What are you trying to prove? Just lay here. Have another donut. Hmm. You're all out of donuts? How about bread pudding at Famous Dave's? Ooh, your emotions will make choices. So you got to get those right. Well, how do I get those right? By thinking right. Thinking right. I, I got to think like that way. And, and well, how am I going to think that? I'm going to have to get people that will get in agreement and speak word into my life. I got to have somebody say, you been to the gym this week? How many times? Hello? Don't look at me like, you know, somebody slapped you. This is, here's the deal. This is the process of everything. You want the end result that God has for you? Well, you got to go all the way back to the Word. If you get God's Word, you'll have godly thoughts. If you have godly thoughts, you'll have godly emotion. If you have godly emotion, you're going to make godly choices. You make godly choices, you're going to commit godly action. You do godly action long enough, you're going to have godly habits. If you have godly habits, you're going to get godly character. have godly character, you're going to have God's end result. But if you don't renew your mind, you'll have carnal word, carnal thoughts, carnal emotion, Carnal choices, carnal actions. Carnal actions are going to make carnal habits. Carnal habits are going to have carnal character. Can carnal character? Well, here, let me read it to you. Romans. I think Romans is in this Bible. After this morning, I'm not absolutely positive. but if Romans 8. I'll just read a couple of verses. Verse 5, for those who are according to the flesh and are controlled by its unholy desires, set their minds and, their, and, uh, per, and pursue those things which gratify the flesh. But those who are according to the Spirit are controlled by the desires of the Spirit, and they set their minds and seek those things which gratify the Holy Spirit. Now the mind of the flesh, which is sense and reason without the Holy Spirit, is death. To be carnally minded is death. To be spiritually minded is life and peace. To be carnally minded is death, separated from the end that God declared for you, at the beginning. You know what you got to do? You got to get your heart whole. You want to be a wholehearted seeker of God? Well, you're going to have to have your mind renewed. You can't, you can't, I'm sorry, you can't, you can't do this without renewing your mind. If you don't renew your mind to the word of God, well, there ain't going to be no difference between you and that reefer smoking, adultery committing, you know, drug dealer down the street, except you're going to heaven when you die. And the fact is, he might be too. I think God's plan for you 
is, well, Isaiah 32, 18. My people shall live in a peaceful habitation, a secure dwelling, a quiet resting place. How am I going to get that? By renewing my mind to his word so that I can produce that end result. I think you're supposed to walk in victory. I think you're supposed to walk in health. I think, I think you're supposed to have joy unspeakable, filled with glory. I, I think that you're supposed to be above only, not beneath the head, not the tail, blessing the sitting, blessing the field, blessed coming in, blessed going out. I think that no weapon formed against you should prosper. That every tongue that rises against you, you ought to have the power to condemn. For this is the heritage of the sons and daughters of the living God, saith the Lord. I think that you ought to know what you are and what you possess and how to use it instead of settling in to live just like the rest of the world does and hoping Jesus shows up right away. Hello? I think our marriages ought to be stronger every day. I think our finances, I think we ought to have enough to pay our bills and to bless those around us. I don't think we ought to live to have enough. I think we ought to live to have more than enough because if all I have is enough, then I ain't got enough to help somebody who ain't got enough. I think that my vision ought to be bigger than myself, and I think that I ought to get healthy, if not for the sake of myself, so that I can bless multitudes of other lives that God wants to bring into my life. I think I ought to walk in victory, not most days, every single day. I think when the world looks at a true believer, they ought to know God's alive and well in that individual's life. Not because they don't have problems, but because problems do not dictate their decisions. And the joy of the Lord is their strength. Amen? So in the next few weeks, we're going to dive in. We're going to get deeper and deeper and deeper. And we're going to mess you up from the inside out. Right? We're going to turn our world right side up. And we're going to get our hearts made whole. Why? So that God can do with us what he needs to do. So that we, so that we go through life. You know, John ten ten. I'll close with it. John ten ten. Jesus said, "I've come that you might have, and enjoy life in abundance to the top till it overflows." Your life, the God life that God's wanting to produce in you, should be bigger than the circumstances that you encounter. But without God life, circumstances often are bigger than the life that you possess. So instead of life coming out of you, something else comes up. Open the water bottle and shake it. The only thing that can possibly come out of that is that which has been put in. If you ain't got nothing in you, if you ain't got no life in you, ain't no life going to come out of you. If you don't have God's word in you, God's word ain't going to be produced by you. My dad's mom used to tell him what's in the well will come up in the bucket. Okay, it's, it's coming, it's coming. Well, you got to get filled up with the word of God so that you can produce his will. Amen. Close your book, bow your head, let me pray for you. If you're here today and you say, you know what, Pastor Tom, I do not have relationship with God. I, yeah, the Bible says, whosoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. I realize I need to call on the name of the Lord. I need to be saved.